Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I present to you, Brother Dan Gray. This is Brother Dan Gray, and today I want to explore prudence. When I was younger, the admonition to be prudent had an air of boringness about it, to be overcautious, overly careful, dull, not fun, to be a prude. So in, to encounter prudence as one of the four cardinal virtues extolled by Freemasonry forced me to revisit and blow the dust off this archaic term, which had for me the aroma of preachy moralizing about it. The intent of this podcast is to define what prudence is, excavate some of its background and meanings, and then explore its significance in our shared inheritance we call Freemasonry. Let's take a step back and check out some dictionary definitions. From Webster's New International Dictionary, virtue is the moral pra- is moral practice or action, conformity to the standard of right, moral excellence, integrity of character, uprights of conduct, rectitude, morality. Cardinal means of basic importance preeminent in importance, superior, chief, principal. So cardinal virtues are those preeminent virtues among the ancients and in the scholastic philosophy. Prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, the four chief natural virtues. So virtue is correct moral action, doing the right thing. The most important ways of doing the right thing are the four cardinal virtues, of prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, all of which should sound familiar to Freemasons everywhere. These four virtues seem to very roughly represent two approaches, internal qualities and external actions, being and doing. Justice, meaning to fairly provide reward or punishment, is an external action. And temperance is to moderate all of one's actions and to be, and can be construed as referring to outward actions. On the internal side, we have fortitude, which is seen as strength or firmness of mind. And we also have prudence, which is the focus of today's podcast. The dictionary definition of prudence that applies to our current exploration is practical wisdom that conduces to moral virtue, the ability to regulate and discipline oneself through the exercise of reason. Indeed, the Aristotelian virtue of prudence is sometimes referred to as wisdom. In Western philosophy, discussion about how to properly live goes back a long way. Two of the most famous Greek philosophers, Plato and Aristotle, while divergent on many positions, agreed on at least one thing, that a good life and a virtuous life were one and the same. So then, what is it to be virtuous? What is a virtue? Are virtues actions, beliefs, 
attitudes or behaviors? Where does virtue come from? In a world full of evil and bad actions, how does virtue get a hold on people? Do men learn virtue from other men? Can it be taught? To greatly simplify, Plato defines being virtuous as having wisdom. Having wisdom leads to proper and beneficial actions. So how does one become wise or virtuous? Is it a natural occurrence or is it learned from other wise men? The idea that virtue can be taught was questioned in the dialogue of Meno by Plato. One speaker points to several ancient Greek leaders who were renowned for being great and virtuous, but had morally corrupt sons. Unable to convince that virtue can be taught, Plato concludes that virtue is a gift from God. Aristotle, a student of Plato, is dissatisfied by this non-answer. He proceeds to try and define types of virtues and determine how people can develop and grow in this area. Aristotle suggests that there are two general kinds of virtue, virtues of the intellect and virtues of character. Intellectual virtues mainly consist of wisdom and independent thought, while character virtues refer to ideas in action, such as bravery, temperance, and generosity. Aristotle then says that virtues of the intellect can be learned through teaching. Beleaguered middle school instructors take heart, and that virtues of character are learned by doing. You become brave by acting bravely. You, you become generous by committing acts of generosity. We develop virtuous habits in the same way all other habits are formed. But this begs the question, where does the desire to become brave or generous come from? Perhaps we have an innate sense where we learn through experience that doing the right thing leads to a more satisfying and enjoyable life. At this point, I will leave that discussion in the hands of the ancient Greeks and the great architect of the universe. The importance of prudence today. If wisdom is the result of learning from one's experience to use reason to temper one's impulses and choose productive rather than destructive actions, then I can make sense of my youthful aversion to prudence as being boring. As a 20-year-old, I got a telephone invitation to join some college friends for what promised to be a wild party at a house where the parents were gone. I was all set to go. But the problem was there was a serious blizzard happening and the drive was an hour and a half in good weather. My father, who owned the car I planned to drive, did not forbid me to go, but as I stood in the kitchen door to depart, very quietly said, I don't think that by driving through this snowstorm you are using your best judgment. And I knew that he was right. I still wish I had gone to that party, but I know I did the smarter thing by not going. There is a line from Roberts, a Robertson Davies novel, if I recall it correctly, that goes, wisdom is not spectacular, it does not flash in the sky. Youth does not appreciate the value or importance of self-discipline. We, if fortunate, learn that, with, learn that with age and experience. In the world of rock climbing, there is an associated saying, there are bold climbers and there are old climbers, but there are no bold old climbers. 
The lesson continues. Old climbers become that way through using good judgment. How did they learn good judgment? From experience. And experience is often the result of bad judgment. With a little luck and guidance, we live through our forays into bad judgment and come out smarter and wiser on the other side. According to Webster again, to be prudent is to be capable of directing or conducting oneself wisely and judiciously, morally or intellectually disciplined. That capacity for wisdom must be nurtured and sustained. Like discretion, prudence is often the better part of valor. The Old Testament provides this reference from Proverbs 16, verse 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent. And prudence is not just a question of individual morality. It plays a role in the actions of groups of men, even of nations. From the United States founding document, the Declaration of Independence, Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. So we see that prudence has a preeminent place in Western philosophy and as a guide for conduct. What is its role within Freemasonry? A new entered apprentice is instructed, among other things, that prudence teaches us to regulate our lives and actions agreeably to the dictates of reason, and it is that habit by which we wisely judge and prudentially determine on all things relative to our present as well as to our future happiness. This seems like a repetition of Aristotle. Develop the habit of wisely judging our actions and plans. But the lecture goes on to say that this virtue should be the peculiar characteristic of every Mason. Peculiar means distinct, unique, characteristic of or belonging to one only. This strikes me as very strange. One of the four cardinal virtues recognized as a good idea for all people for millennia is now described as a unique and individual pattern and habit. However, the lecture continues to give a bit of context, implying that the Masonic value of this virtue, this habit, is to permit the Mason to to successfully retain the fraternal secrets he has been obligated to keep from all non-Masons. It strikes me as likely that we are not instructed to exercise prudence so much for the reason that we use it to protect our secrets, but that we are given secrets in order to develop our ability to act prudently. Successfully keeping a secret means that no word slips off our tongue by accident. Even in states of high emotion, we think before we speak. At this point, we have learned to regulate our lives and actions, and especially our words, by the use of reason and judgment. William Preston described prudence in this way. Prudence is the true guide to human understanding and consists in judging and determining with, with propriety what is to be said or done upon all occasions, what dangers we should endeavor to avoid, and how to act in all our difficulties. Even though prudence may have a whiff of the straight-laced and boring about it, its importance to a successfully conducted life is so great that it counts as one of the four cardinal virtues. Perhaps the frequent reminders we hear about the importance of being prudent are meant to counter the impression of it not being flashy. 
to cure the problem, to cure a problem tends to re receive more attention than having prevented that problem in the first place. But to call upon the Bible one more time, the prudent man is one who thinks ahead and does not build his house on sand, but builds his house on solid ground, and thus withstands all the challenges and threats that life and nature provide, increasing his chances for a happy and productive existence. Thank you for joining me, Brother Dan Gray, and the entire Further Light team on your quest to find more light through masonry. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org. That's wimasons.org. Learn more about Freemasonry and access more educational content and further light. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at education at wimasons.org. Once again, that email address is education at wisconsinmasons.org. Thank you for listening.